Hi, you're listening to Stepping Forward Podcast, where we discuss all things step parenting, including difficulties with stepchildren, former spouses, finances, custody, and more. I'm Rachel, and you just heard Sarah. Um, We together have over 15 years of step parenting experience and over 21 years of combined experience working professionally with children. Um, We're looking forward to continuing this podcast today. And we are going to talk about some exciting stuff to help you destigmatize step parenting because we are not wicked stepmothers. Exactly. Um, so let's talk today about when to meet the kids. That is a tricky subject. <laughs> <laughs> it is a tricky subject and it's so different in every situation. Right. Uh, one thing that we want to do in this podcast is to really change the narrative surrounding step parenting. So we will be telling a lot of stories and starting off at least we'll be telling a lot of our personal stories. Hopefully as we get some more listener involvement we'll get to hear from people in different situations from our own. And the thing that's exciting about this for us we have really different experiences from each other but we also recognize that we have different experiences from our listeners and we know that some of the things that we're going to say may not fit for your situation. And that's okay because it's general. If you want more specific information, you can always reach out to us on our email, steppingforwardpodcast at gmail.com or on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram as at Step Forward Show. On Facebook, we have a group, Stepping Forward Podcast, and a page, Stepping Forward Podcast. So please reach out to us. We would really like to have a dialogue about your situation. And we guarantee you're not the only person in that situation. So you could help someone else while you're helping yourself. Amen. So talking about when to meet the kids. Oh, goodness. We decided to do it at totally different times, and we were sharing our information before we started recording this podcast about when we did it. And I, you'll find out in a lot of ways that I'm a bad example of what to do, and it would have changed a lot of things had I gone back. But I just told Rachel that I met my husband's kids um, on our second date. We uh, have, in my church that I was raised in, we have what's called general conference twice a year where they meet, and there's like two days worth of church kind of, and they teach different like lessons and give different talks. And so everybody stays at church at their home. And then they usually make like cinnamon rolls for breakfast or something like that. That's when I met my stepkids. I went over to my husband's apartment at the time, um, met his daughters. And my favorite thing to tell about this that she's going to be embarrassed about now that she's 18. (laughs) When my oldest stepdaughter was there, she was four. And my husband was making scrambled eggs, my then boyfriend, or then I was, he wasn't my boyfriend then. I was just like starting to date him. (laughs) Yeah. So he was making scrambled eggs for breakfast and his daughter sneezed right into the bowl of scrambled eggs. And I looked at him and I was like, oh, if he doesn't throw those out, I'm going to (laughs) leave. And then he was like, are you okay if we don't eat these? And I said, yep, that's awesome. (laughs) So with all the things, I think because his kids were so young, it worked for us to meet the kids uh, that quickly in our dating and relationship. But generally, it's not as good of an idea to meet them so soon. And I'm a huge proponent of not meeting them until things become more serious, just for the sake of the kids. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what you did, Rachel, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's definitely, it's tough on the kids to uh, have people in and out of their lives, especially when they've just gone through a divorce situation, or even if it's been a few years or more since the divorce. 
um, or separation because not everybody in step parenting situations is dealing with an actual divorce, but there has to be some sort of separation, right? So um, with my situation, I mentioned before that we had a really pretty quick courtship, but we, our entire relationship before we got married was long distance. So (laughs) (laughs) my now husband uh, was living in Utah, which is where I grew up. I was living in Boston and I was going to grad school when we were introduced by a mutual friend. And uh, we were introduced online. We hadn't met in person when we started talking. And um, it started actually with a Facebook message uh, from Dan to me. Oh, (laughs) thank you, social media. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And uh, yeah, social media has brought a lot of wonderful things into my life. So, uh, (laughs) including you, Sarah. Oh, thanks, you too. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we, we started out talking on Facebook through Messenger. And at the end of that conversation, my my husband asked me if he could call me the next day mm-hmm. and we started talking on the phone and FaceTiming and uh, just texting. And we were talking every day, every possible second that we could. And he had primary custody of, of the kids at that point. And so they were seeing changes in him and he was a lot happier mm-hmm. and just ready to laugh and smiling every time his phone buzzed, (laughs) you know, how we are when we first get into a relationship. And um, his kids noticed that, especially uh, our oldest. And she said, "Uh, dad, what's going on? (laughs) Who's texting (laughs) you? Who are you talking to? And um, she was eight at the time. She was a pretty observant Mm -hmm. eight-year-old. And so... After a few weeks of that, it really hadn't been very long, uh, she asked to meet me over FaceTime. So she and I video chatted. um, And before we video chatted, Dan asked me, he was like, hey, I wanted to talk to you. She wants to meet you. I want to make sure we're on the same page of where our relationship is before that happens. (laughs) And I really respected him for that. I thought that was, that was a wise way to go about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, that also caused us to delve into some pretty deep stuff fairly early on. Uh (laughs) We already had, because in a long distance relationship, what else are you going to do? All you can do is talk. You can't like, go and do an activity that distracts from that at all. So all we were doing was talking. So that's how uh, my oldest and I met. And my younger stepdaughter uh, was saying that she wasn't ready to meet me yet. Mm -hmm. But as I was talking with our older stepdaughter, uh, she, the younger stepdaughter, who was five at the time, kind of crept into the background (laughs) of the FaceTime video. (laughs) And she, I don't think she thought I could see her, but... (laughs) Um, our oldest had started singing some songs with me and we were joking and playing around and she was asking me all these different stories Mm -hmm. and I could see the younger stepdaughter just creeping closer (laughs) and closer. And then she got to a point where like, uh, they had a really high table. So she got to the point where I couldn't see her anymore because she was like right up by the table. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this little head just pops up (laughs) in the video. (laughs) So I said hi to her and she's like, Hi. <laughs> I wish was... you guys could have seen the look on Rachel's face as she did that because that was amazing. 
Um, and you know, my, my stepkids have some pretty great facial expressions so, um, as kids do, but that's, you know, she, I think how I met them is a pretty good description of their personalities. Uh-huh. Um, and Sarah has seen this as she has met them. My older stepdaughter is very socially outgoing. She has a lot of questions. She's very right. inquisitive. Uh-huh. Um, she's not afraid to ask you questions that are sometimes kind of awkward. <laughs> and my younger stepdaughter is more um, socially, she gets very anxious. Mm-hmm. Um She's more physically outgoing. She loves to do physical activities, anything hands-on. That's how you get her involved is like get her doing. So, um, and I think being able to meet them in that way really showed me a lot about their personalities. Definitely. And I feel like it probably took some of the pressure off them as well because it wasn't an in-person type thing. You could end the FaceTime call whenever you wanted to. Mm -hmm. So I think that was really good. (laughs) Yeah. And it actually, we talked for a long time. It got to the point where Dan was like, Hey, um, can I talk to you now? (laughs) (laughs) I do that with my stepdaughters all the time. When we used to live 40 minutes away from them, Uh we'd get in the car and just start talking and talking and talking to each other. And Chris would be like, uh, can I say something? (laughs) (laughs) Not in that high of a voice because he's very low pitched. Can I say something? (laughs) I can't do my man voice right now because I've been sick, (laughs) which is backwards. Normally I am better at man voice when I'm sick. I don't know what happened. So you'll find that we get distracted a lot because it's is kind of fun that way. Um, but going back to the topic of when we meet the kids, we both had different experiences in it. But in terms of what to recommend, I've seen lots of things for kids of parents who are separated or divorced in my um, education and in working as a school psychologist. So one of the things that I've seen is that um, parents either take their kids' opinion into account way too much or they don't do it enough. And mm-hmm. the children don't like the partner that their parents have chosen, but they don't listen to it. Um, or they don't listen to the kids about that. It is super critical for your kids' mental health to think about all these things because not doing that can cause them more stress and anxiety. And kids have enough stress and anxiety about life today as is. So um, it's really important to be intentional in all of the steps that you take as you're becoming a step parent and then as you are a step parent, mm-hmm. even if it's hard because you're with them all day long <laughs> and you're getting tired and you can't be nice to them the whole time, which is human and normal. <laughs> um, but just being intentional about when you make those decisions and what to do. And even if you make mistakes, trust that things can work out because they can. Um, everything's always working for good, not for struggle. Yeah. And if you do make a mistake, it's okay to apologize for that and say, hey, 100%. you know what? I wish we had done this a different way. Can we try again? With my stepkids, uh, their mom has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly the situation, but their accounting of meeting their mom's boyfriend was that they were very surprised by it. Mm -hmm. Um, They went to visitation and he was there and they had no warning, no preparation. And I think for them, I mean, I I feel like they have a pretty good relationship with him now. Nice. Uh, But for a while, that was a stumbling block for them. Uh And... um, but I think that that their mom's boyfriend has done a pretty good job of overcoming nice. that and kind of reframing things. That's awesome, which is wonderful. Um, but but that is an example of how that 
can cause, you know, mm-hmm. if you don't talk to the kids beforehand or their parent doesn't talk to them beforehand and kind of explain things, it can be a shock to it the kids. It can be. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan, generally speaking, of front-loading kids with information. Um, they don't love surprises and kids don't always do well with surprises. Mm-hmm. So the more you can share age-appropriate, boundary-appropriate information with them, the better off kids will be and the less struggle they'll have in situations where they're meeting a new partner. Absolutely. Um, we like, I know you know this term, but we like to call that pre-teaching yep. mm-hmm. in the education <laughs> world. And I end up doing a lot of pre-teaching at home in addition yes. to doing it at work. I yes. get so much practice in pre-teaching. I know, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you can find out lots of good information or not find out lots of good information, but share lots of good things with your kids when you're pre-teaching. Mm-hmm. And it's such a good way to help re- move that stress and anxiety of not knowing what to expect. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it's something that you uh, don't have to limit to just the first time something is happening. So uh, when you're on your way, like let's say you're driving your kid to gymnastics for the first time, you can say, okay, well, this is what happens at gymnastics. This is what is expected. And then after they've gone the first time, they know more of what is expected. So the second time you could say, remember when you did this, yes. you're going to do this again. Uh-huh. So I think it's important to do that, not just for team or sports or like that kind of stuff, but also for social situations. Definitely. It's really impactful for kids to be able to have a little bit of information about a situation before they're going into it. I just wanted to tell you with my stepdaughter's um, stepdad, they, I can't remember if they knew they were meeting him, but when they met him, they were scared of him, partially because he's six foot seven <laughs> and oh, yeah. partially because he just kind of had a scary face at the time. Like he looks really serious. Mm-hmm. So um, they were really nervous when they met him. And I feel like pre-teaching would have been really good in that situation. But again, I'm not judging these mistakes. They're just things that happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And hopefully if you haven't gone through these things yet, you can learn from our mistakes. Exactly. So you don't have to make your own and we can help you, which is the point of this podcast. Oh, it's so true. And here's another little side story. Not, I mean, it just to show that it happens even in situations where it's not a blended family or uh-huh. meeting a partner or whatever. But um my oldest brother is 11 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And when I was 11, he uh, got engaged. Like he started dating a girl uh-huh. and they eventually got engaged and married. Um, <laughs> and so I've known her longer now than I have ever didn't know her. Right. right. But the first time I met her, uh, I guess I need to give a little more background. <laughs> I'm really tall. <laughs> um, I'm five foot 11 now. And in sixth grade, I was already five foot nine. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, so that was the age I was when I met her as 11 year old sixth grader. Uh-huh. And, um, she is short. I don't remember exactly how tall she is, like five, three. Okay. And, um, my brother did not prepare her at all <laughs> for how tall I was. And she had an 11 year old sister who was at least a foot shorter than I was. Oh my gosh. So she was anticipating someone much smaller. Uh-huh. And uh, my brother says, oh, and here's my baby sister, Rachel. <laughs> and she turns and she is basically like chest height for me. And you see her face just (laughs) she's looking up and her eyes are getting huge and she was just shocked you know so it's 
someone's physical presence can be very imposing. And it's not just like, I'm a child. And that's a big, scary man. I mean, we were I was a I was the child right. in that situation. <laughs> so it definitely uh can impact how people yes. react in certain situations no matter their age. Yes, or exactly. Size. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. So pre-teach your kids. Um, if we have any biological parents listening to this, kind of, you can have this conversation with the person that you're dating. But if you are going to be a step parent, definitely initiate these conversations with your partner, with the boyfriend, whatever you want to call them, um, because it's so important to have these ahead of time so you know what you're getting into, instead of just fumbling along and hopefully people forgive you and mm-hmm. all that kind of fun stuff. And, you know, you do, we all make mistakes. Yes. We're all going to have fumbles at some point. We all um, maybe say or do things that we wish we could take back. So much so, yes. And I think that you'll find it's amazing how far an apology will go with someone, mm-hmm. um, including children. In fact, yes. children are, I think, more forgiving than adults in many ways. I agree. So. If you feel there's something that maybe you need to repair with one of your stepchildren, do it. Find a way, you know, if you need to practice your apology first, (laughs) you can send us that on a recording and we'll give you some feedback. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's never too late to start rebuilding that relationship Mm -hmm. um, or to start building it in the first place. Yeah, I completely agree. So let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. We are hopeful to hear from you guys about what your situations are, maybe how you met your stepkids, if it was positive, if it was negative, if there, if maybe it was mixed, if maybe there were some things you wish you could do differently yes, or advice yeah. that you would give to another step parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would really love to hear from our listeners. So shoot us. Um, a voice memo at our email, steppingforwardpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Sarah gave you our information for our uh, social media accounts already. So just remember that we are here for you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've been listening to Stepping Forward Podcast. Oh, you